And now let's welcome in Mike Kerbin, co-founder and CEO of the Vita Coco Company after the fourth quarter earnings. Thanks so much for being here with us, Mike. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, welcome to the program. Uh, your shares got beat up today, down 17%. As we've just been discussing, it's a pretty unforgiving market. And uh, it seems to me what stood out was the company's bottom line swinging from uh, a profit at this time last year to a loss in this one. So is that firstly correct? Uh, are those apples to apples numbers? No, we actually had a profit. We um, released our, um, our full year earnings for last year. Um, and uh, the company did uh, $37 million in EBITDA, $380 million in revenue and grew 22%. Um, while our flagship brand, Vitacoco, uh, last year grew at uh, 39%. So we're really happy with the results. We're really happy with the um, performance of the business as we continue to focus on growth. And we're one of the few high growth consumer brands out there that are actually profitable and cash generative. So we're, we're happy. Okay. Stock is getting hit today, but it's a moment. Yep. Okay, show me where I'm, where I'm reading the number wrong, because I know a lot of traders that are on our platform, we're going to see the exact same headline that I see from the MT Newswire that's going to say, reported a Q4 net loss of $0.06 cents per diluted share. So is the positive number an adjusted figure? Because according to that data provider, it was earnings of $0.29 cents a, sh a share a year ago this quarter. I'm talking adjusted EBITDA. Yes. Got it. Okay. So on the uh, on the unadjusted for the gap, where does because it seems like the market cares about that difference right now, uh, which is which is why we got to figure it out, right? Because um, the markets uh, you're at the 52 week lows. You know, I was I was just saying I drink Vita Coco all the time, and it's not cheap relative to other drinks. Uh, so where's the uh, where's the difficulty coming from when we see margin contract a bit? Well, I think as you look at adjusted EBITDA versus EBITDA, there was a few big um, non-cash um, things in there, specifically management incentives and things okay. like that for this past year. But as you think about um, margin, um, we're getting hit with you know inflation as it relates to um, cost inflation, as it relates to ocean freight specifically mm. and uh, logistics. And so we believe that if we continue focusing on growth, um, which we're really excited about and we're excited about the current momentum, but the growth coming into this year, um, these are things that will come back to nor will normalize over time, specifically uh, ocean freight and, and logistics. Um, so we're really, like I said, we're focused on growth and we believe that these will come back in line and we'll come back to our you know, typical margin um, ranges and typical uh, EBITDA and, and have EBITDA growth moving forward. Your sales were uh, a pretty big beat. The street was looking for $78 million in sales and reported 87. So you beat the top line by over 10%. It doesn't seem like the revenue is the problem here. And you're saying the price pressure is largely macroeconomic driven. It is, and we think it's temporary. Um, you know, the beauty of our product and, and the way our margin, our margin structure works and our cost of goods work, unlike a lot of our peers who are seeing cost inflation across their total cost of goods, whether it's raw materials or packaging and these type of things, we're really seeing it in, in one place, which is logistics. It's ocean freight and domestic logistics. We have stable pricing on raw material, packaging is in line. And so we think that as, as the world comes back to some sort of normal, as it relates specifically to logistics, we will be in a very good place um, to continue to see that flow to the bottom line. We had about $30 million this year in on a rate basis of just inflate just 
costs related to ocean for, to logistics that would wow. have flowed to the bottom line. Mm. Uh, Mike, you mentioned also uh, the adjusted versus the gap compensation and other measures uh, as well uh, that impact that. If the impact from supply chain prices doesn't go away overnight, uh, if it doesn't go away, at least at the pace that you're thinking, will you have to trim around other edges? Will you have to visit compensation or marketing or anything like that? What is your timeline before you start thinking about that? Yeah, I mean, there's some, we're taking some pricing this year, as is pretty much everybody in the grocery store um, yep. to make up for some of the cost inflation. But we don't want to take too much because we really believe that this will normalize over time. And so, you know, the beauty is um, we are still generating cash and we are profitable, unlike most of our peers in the high growth consumer stocks, right? So we feel we're in a very unique position that we're able to weather this um, without taking too much price, without overcompensating for the cost inflations, and therefore over time um, be in a much better position with greater market share, greater growth, greater retailer relationships, and profits will come. Got it. Mike, uh, when you think about uh, that growth in the categories, uh, I noticed uh, one of the big things is placement, of course, right now for uh, uh, beverages, consumers. There's a lot of competition in the beverage space. Do you like the products in the lineup that you've got right now? Is there anything we should be looking for? Uh, any ace up the sleeve, something we should keep our eyes open to in the Vita Coco aisle? Yeah, I think if you think about our business as a whole, Vitacoco is our flagship brand, but our real objective long-term is to build a broad diversified platform and portfolio of healthy beverage brands. We think that consumers are investing in their health. That's not gonna change. We think that will continue. And as we do, we're gonna look to continue to innovate and bring new brands to market in the healthy beverage sector. Also potentially M&A, acquiring brands that we think can make sense for our platform. And we think over time we could be, you know, a legitimate competitor to PepsiCo and Coca-Cola company as a broad beverage platform, but specifically better brands that are better for the environment and better for the planet around us. Great stuff, Mike. Thanks for the details here and the transparency on this uh, earnings. Looking forward to more. Appreciate you joining us. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Mike Kerman's a co-founder and CEO at the Vital Coco Company. COCO, -co, by the way.